Well, hello and happy Monday. Welcome to Foul Territory. You can tweet at us throughout the day at hashtag FTLive. We have a fantastic show for you coming up. I'm Trisha Whitaker. Thanks for welcoming me onto the show, AJ and Eric. Appreciate your tolerance throughout Did anybody welcome you? Two hours. We didn't welcome you, know, you yet. Off air, off no. air. Off uh, air, AJ welcomed me. Eric has not. Eric has not count. yet to extend the welcome. No, because of all your, your awards. All your awards in the background. I yeah. wanna, would you like oh. to count them? Ready? Are we ready? One, two. Three, four, five, six. You know, if you guys yep. have awards in the background, I'll have awards in the background. I have candy pop in my background. Do you see it? You have candy pop. You have your jersey framed. Eric, you've got all your bats. I, I have my, no, not my bats. The guys I played with bats. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're not all mine. It'd be broken if it was Eric's bat. They would, <laughs> it would be broken, but that's another story. That's another story. I needed something to compete with you guys. All right. Okay. Guests today, we're going to have Russell Dorsey from The Rally. We're going to have Austin Hayes from The Orioles and Pete Fairbanks from The Rays. And it's going to be a fantastic show. Guys, the weekend, how was it? What'd you do? Tell me everything. Eric, you golfed this morning. How'd it go? Poorly? Yeah. It, I mean, it went just as well as you would think after not golfing for eight months. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's here nor there. It was fun to get out. Was AJ, good, how about good you? Course? Was it a good course? Where'd you play? The local Muni? Yeah, it was a local Muni. I mean, when you start at 645, you can't get out real quick. It's But it was a nice three-hour, three-hour, 15-minute round. Beautiful. Okay. And an All eight right. on 18, so that wasn't it. That's, that's not it, no. no AJ, did you good. golf? What'd you do? This weekend? I was in Detroit. Yeah. I was oh. you know, watching the, the Mighty Twins take on the Mighty Tigers in that tough, tough AL Central battle that very tough <laughs> and then Competition uh, level off the charts uh, it is close listen as i said on the air on fox on saturday they're all not very good but they're all not very good together so it's going to be an interesting race because they're all not very good was ken was ken rosenthal at that game i can't no. believe he wasn't the sideline no. reporter for that game no he was in london he was he was oh oh he went he went fishing chips yeah Okay, let's get to charge the mound and our top news stories. The first one, it was the battle of the win streaks, guys. The Braves and the Reds. Ellie De La Cruz hitting for the cycle. That was phenomenal in front of a sold-out crowd. It took him only 15 Major League games to get there. That's insane. I mean, that, that was incredible to see that moment in front of a Reds fan base that was craving a moment like that, guys. No, just the fan base. Forget. I mean, the cycle was awesome. They sold these games out, all three of them. It was unbelievably atmosphere, and they, they finally lost, which the Braves are really good, by the way, in case you didn't know, and so are the Reds, apparently. But the atmosphere in Cincinnati is back, and you saw videos, you saw of the crowd, which when have you seen videos of a crowd in Cincinnati in the last 10 years? You haven't. So this is great for baseball and one of the original franchises, and, you know, listen, the Reds are back, the excitement is back in Cincinnati, and I can't wait to go – to a game there i think as somebody that's never hit for the cycle in my career we established this before <laughs> i never even had a triple in the big leagues so i never had even a career cycle him doing it this quick is absolutely crazy the fact that eric davis was the last one to do it and that's who they're comparing him to is absolutely crazy but what i think because we're going to talk so much reds i loved how the braves stepped up and won the last two of these games after lose, almost winning, coming back and winning the first game, they showed they are really good. And they like – it almost looked like they turned it up. They are like, wait a minute, this team is actually pretty good. The Reds were playing. We got another level. And they turned it up another level and hit a million homers this series. Yeah. On Sunday, Matt Olson, who was a guest for you guys last week, as I understand it, he moved into a tie for the Major League home run lead. Four home runs during that three-game series, including that – Go ahead, three run shot in the sixth of that final win that you were talking about, Eric. He's just unreal right now. He is. And you come on to you come onto the show and you hit four homers. I mean, if, <laughs> if there's any other hitters out there that just would love to get a couple homers, a couple knocks here or there, he is yes, he's a true he's a three true outcome guy, but he's doing it line to line. He's putting balls on the tap house in Atlanta and he's going down the line to left in Cincy. It's it's impressive right now. Hey, the small park was definitely playing like the small park this weekend. It, it was. It was. Hey, the ball was. was flying everywhere. It was like guys were just tapping balls, and they were going way out of the park. 
And then you talked about Matt Olson. You know why Matt Olson got hot, Tricia? It wasn't because Eric and Scott. It was because Eric's power went out, and I had to do the interview by myself. So those guys are out. Those guys are out. I'm in. I knew you were going to somehow take credit for that. It's science. You come on foul territory with uh, Eric and you're going to go out and hit bombs. I want to talk about one guy though. And you guys can talk about him way more than I can, but Travis Darno. Okay. So I was with the Rays in 2019. Eric, you, you were with them for a cup of coffee and you were with them because Darno, I believe got injured. But anyways, Darno came to the Rays in 2019. He was terrible with the Mets. He had like, again, a cup of coffee with, the Dodgers, I believe it was. And then the Rays signed him. I remember asking Kevin Cash when we signed Travis Darno that day. I said, so Travis Darno, what do you know about him? He goes, absolutely nothing. We just needed a catcher. He went out that season for the Rays and he was a huge reason why they made the postseason because of his bat. And then he's just become the guy for the Braves. He had a career high four hit game on Saturday against the Reds. Yeah. And he's a guy, he's a guy that Actually, at some at one point in the season, cash the six weeks I was there, five weeks I was there, we were both hitting like 140, <laughs> and cash I think he might have had like 10 or 15 more at bats than me, and cash was like, yeah, you know, we're just gonna kind of split time here a little bit. They wanted me to keep catching Snell, and they were like, but he's gonna get a he's gonna get a few more at bats. You understand that, right? I'm like, yeah, he's like 20. He was like 27 years old at the time. I think he had already six years in the big leagues. Yep. And Chad Matola gets tons of credit as a pitching, as a hitting coach. He kind of unlocked some stuff because they were together in the minor leagues with the Blue Jays, where he was a prospect originally before he got traded for R.A. Dickey. All that, you know, his career path was crazy, but it really jumped off from the Rays there to where he's at now. And, you know, he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. Not a single bit. Not a single bit. No, they also have Sean Murphy there. You know, Sean Murphy... Oh. And Darno are the best catch, catching tandem in Major League Baseball. It's not like Kratz and Darno, but it's <laughs> it's close. It's kind of close it's there. Close. I don't it's know. Close. I'm a poor man's. I'm a poor man's Murphy. My question was watching this series, like Murphy smashing balls, having good at bats, coming back from a hamstring injury. Has there ever been a catching tandem who have made the All Star game, or it just won't happen because there's not enough at bats? Won't happen. It won't I happen. mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying Darno will do it, but I'm saying like. Murph is going to be the – should be the starting catcher. In the Will Smith game. is the problem. Yeah. Which nothing, – nothing away from him either. But yeah. both of them are legit. No, they are. And it's that's why when they the Braves made the trade for Murphy, it was a little bit surprising in the offseason because you already had Travis Darno who's won a World Series and done great things for Atlanta. So when they went out and got Murphy, you're thinking, oh, man, what are they doing? But I think Darno, this is the last year of his deal. It is. And the, yep. and the Braves are big time into that – not platooning, but kind of saving catchers-ish. And what else? What also helps them, though, is the DH, because they can DH one of the two when the other one isn't catching. So it's a nice problem to have if you're Brian Snicker and the Braves, two really good catchers that both could be all-stars. And the Braves are – Braves. I mean, they might not be on the Rays level, Tricia, but they are – they're, they're close. Really I would good. argue they're. I would argue they are on their level. Absolutely. They they play the the Rays and the Braves play at the beginning of July. I'll be first, there. Yeah, you're gonna be there. You're gonna be there. We have yeah. Apple TV there. You're gonna be there. It's um. And I think actually, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think that actually might be the weekend that Wade Boggs is being inducted into the Rays Hall of Fame too. For that so, one hit. For the one hit he got. Yeah, the one home Rays Hall of Fame. 3, oh mean, heck yeah, the Rays Hall of Fame. I mean, he it's got happening. one. New he this got year, like Eric. one hit. He got like one hit, Eric, and he kissed home plate. So then he's in the Hall I, of Fame. Wade Boggs. I saw it. Is it three thousand? It was a home run. Three thousand. Is Fred he McGriff going in there hit. too? Jose Canseco? Are we just getting everybody? No, I, I was... but you know, Fred McGriff. I just interviewed Fred McGriff this morning, and no, he's not going in the Rays Hall of Fame. The big, the big boy Hall of Fame. He'll be in. How many weeks? How many weeks do you need? To be a Ray, to be in the Hall of Fame, because I got—I think I had five and a half. I think. I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll, uh, push your case to them, Eric. Yeah. Okay. Thank sure. you. Yeah, Appreciate your station. I mean, great, we could go Greg Vaughn, right? Well, he was a Ray for a minute. <laughs> for Wilson a minute. Alvarez, right? He was a Ray. What about uh, Zambrano? Remember the guy? Victor Zambrano. That's Victor what I was Zimbrano. thinking of. What about him? I mean, Jason oh, no, Tyner. Carlos Zambrano. He was a Ray, no? I thought he was a Ray too. I thought both Zambranos were, but oh. Man. <laughs> okay. I mean, Taco Bell shoe in. Oh, Jason Tyner had a bobblehead. Jorge Cantu, shoe oh, in. Toby Hall. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You guys Rich could go Thompson. on about this forever. Rich Thompson. 
Rich Thompson. I'll, I'll gather it? a list and submit it to Eric Neander and see what he says. Thank you, Is Eric. He the one who makes K, the decision? by the way. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We're gonna move on to the to from from a good series to uh, one of the biggest blowouts we've ever seen the angels and the Rockies on Friday. It was, you know, normal score seven to four on Saturday, 25 to one. The angels 13 runs in the third inning scored eight in the fourth. This was insane. You guys, this was, I turned on MLB network expecting to see a good game. And I looked at the score and I'm like, surely that's a graphics typo. That can't be real. It was ridiculous. Well, it doesn't matter. As Eric and Scott, when Scott's here, say they don't care about run differential. It was one game and it was one loss. And the best part is, forget the 25 to 1 score. The Rockies won the series and lost the run differential by 20 runs. The farthest, (laughs) the biggest gap of all time in a three-game series where a team wins a series. They lost the run differential by 20, and they still won two out of three. So I don't know if that's good for the Rockies or bad for the Angels or something, but that one game was pretty special. 13 runs in the one inning. It was it was fun. No, that's not the best part. The best part, and I should have taken a picture of it. I had a free MLB parlay, and I needed the strikeouts. No, I didn't need the strikeouts for that game. Basically, you had to put together like a four-leg parlay for free from BetMGM, and all I needed was Shohei Otani to get a single base. Everybody else on the team had multiple hits that started the game. <laughs> Shohei, nada. He had one. He was one for seven. One for seven. I needed. I needed two. Oh, I needed okay. two. I needed two total bases from him. Everybody had two total bases. I could have picked for the parlay. Everybody, and I didn't get it. Okay. Well, what's the biggest blowout you've ever been a part of, AJ? Can you remember? I mean, what in the uh, world is the clubhouse like after that? What do you I do? Don't, you don't care, really. The only time I could ever remember one really hurting. Two thousand two ALCS, Anaheim. Twins Anaheim, Adam Kennedy hit three home runs. I know. I'm still in shock. Uh, we, we gave up like a 10 spot. In the, we were down 3-1 in the series. We were winning going to the seventh inning, I believe. And first and second, Johan Santana on the mound. You're thinking, all right, we're in a good spot. Adam Kennedy doesn't get a bunt down, then proceeds 0-2 to hit a three-run homer. And they go into score, I think, 10 or 11 runs in that inning. That's the worst inning by far I've ever been a part of. I literally walked off the field and garden hire was our manager. And he looked at me and I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I just walked into the clubhouse. I was like, I, I quit. I quit. Cause we're done. And he's like, okay. And you know, I, I obviously didn't, but I stayed out there. And, uh, but it was, that was the worst inning I could ever remember. Oh, Ten Eric, you have one, I, man. I, I, I mean, we've talked about this earlier and, and my kids actually asked me during that game, if I'd ever been a part of a game that that many runs were scored, and I don't think so. I'm sure we can look at it somewhere. I never found it. But, man, you just think the be- the best thing, anytime I ever saw someone else give up that many runs because I watched more games than I played in, I would just say, hey, bro, like, you need to ice your fingers. Like, your fingers were bad <laughs> that day. Like, For real. They knew what was coming. 13 runs, 10 in a playoff game, that's – that's tough too, but man, thirteen runs. Mm. You know, you know, my favorite thing, hey, my favorite thing, Eric, about it is you mentioned Otani was one for seven. There's always one guy that's got to make the outs. Even the Gator game, the Florida Gator LSU game, was twenty four to four. Blue Cayman over. There's always one guy in there. You went over. You went over. It was twenty four to four. There's always one guy that goes over because <laughs> someone's got to make all the and everyone else is like, man, what a great day! I got four hits and I got three hits and I got four hits and then there's that one guy in the corner who's like. Race to the bat rack. I got zero. Yep. And now it is time to welcome in the one and only Russell Dorsey from the rally. Usually Russ is the one welcoming me into the rally. It's exciting to be able to put him on the spot instead of him putting me on the spot. Russ, hello. How are you? Hi, Trisha. AJ Kratzy. What's going on, guys? Just out. watching how professional, you know, Trisha has become over the years. You know, yeah. over the race, years, you know, over the years, she's got the cheap plug over her shoulder. You got the Jordans over your shoulder, Russ. Uh-huh. She's got all her local Emmys she got from the St. Pete chapter of the Emmy Award winners. Those are national Emmys. Don't don't oh. hate on them. They okay. are national Emmys, AJ. Here's my thing, AJ. Like one of one oh, of my they, goals I is have to it. have an Emmy, so I can't hate on Trisha's Emmys. Okay, understood. Well, but you know, I understand that, Russ. I understand. I have one though. 
I have one. They didn't give me a trophy though. They just let, said we won. And I never got a trophy. So you, uh, yeah. oh, you that's have one. I won. <laughs> yeah, what's one. it for? All I want is a Tony. Uh, I'm a Tony. My name's Anthony. That's cool. What is the what is the Emmy for? What show did you get the Emmy for? 2013 NLCS pregame, pre and post game. We won a national Emmy. That Emmy is more for the producer for putting up with you than anything else. (laughs) That's why. Would you rather would you rather have the Emmy or the Silver Slugger that's behind you? Oh, (laughs) yeah. I mean that that way cooler. You know what else is cool? Because it lists all the dudes that won it that year with you, and you know who won it? I mean Mike Trout. You know, Prince Fielder, Robinson Cano, Derek Jeter, but there's one on there. That was the year Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown, so that one's a special one. There you go. Oh, that's there dope. You go. That's dope. Yeah, that that's is dope. dope. Okay, you know what else is dope? That would be Freddie Freeman. He's pretty dope. I hate that word. I'm never going to say dope again. <laughs> I'll leave you to like that. How it came it's, out. I, I don't like dope. it at all. It sounds so like early 2000s. We just showed our age. Anyways, that is all. Um, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> yeah, I'm lumping you into that, Russ. Russ Freddie Freeman, 2000 hits. That's pretty incredible, Russ. How impressive was that becoming the 295th player in major league history with 2000 hits and the seventh to get there wearing a Dodgers uniform? No, it's, I think pretty cool when you consider what Freddie Freeman has been able to do since he got to the big leagues with Atlanta. And you think about all the guys that have played in the big leagues and it's really hard to hit in the major league. I think AJ would agree with that. I think Eric would agree with that. But I think for Freddie, you start to look at him historically and say, all right, he's going to be 34 years old before the season's over. He doesn't look to be slowing down anytime soon. And then now that you've gotten to 2000, you start to look at 3000. And I believe it's well within reach if he's able to keep up this level of production. Yeah, because he stays on the field. And I know nothing. We 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 talked about this when Kutch got his 2000th. I did nothing 2000 times in the big leagues. Maybe I played 2000 <laughs> innings. Caught 2,000 pitches. AJ knows about getting 2,000. He stays on the field. Yeah. And, and like, that's what we always say. It's always like, well, you know, barring injury, this guy stays on the field. My thing about his 2,000 hits, it shows you don't have to have a, like, conventional type of swing. It's a very unconventional swing at the same time that Jason Hayward came up with the same team around that same time and Hayward was more of that, like, you know, grooved type of same swing and less adjustability. And you see where they've both gone. Yeah, and I think you look at it, it's one of the more iconic batting stances over the last 10 years. It's a guy that really knows how to hit. Obviously, when you get to 2,000 hits, you, you can swing it a little bit. And then you think about where he has been since he won MVP in 2020. He's gotten better, right, since that time. And you look at it now. I think he's going to finish somewhere between 180 and 200 hits this season. Let's say he uh, he finished the season with 2,083 hits, right? That doubles up what he did this or in the first half. He needs 917 hits to get to 3,000. If he averages 170 hits over the next five years, he gets there. And I know with first baseman, it's hard to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and and you, you're either a big hall person or you're a small hall person. But I think the thing that benefits Freddie is that Jeff Bagwell made it into the Hall of Fame. For everybody out there, Jeff Bagwell had 449 homers and 2,314 hits. I think Freddie's going to get somewhere near 400. Maybe he even eclipses it. But he's going to be somewhere close to between 2,800 and 3,000 hits when he's done playing. And that'll definitely get him in there. And then they also won the World Series in 21 with the Braves. He performed well uh, in that playoff run for them. And I, I really think when it's all said and done, Freddie's going to get his way into Cooperstown. I played with Freddie. He was a. Oh wait, sorry. Did wait? What are these? Wait, wait. Oh, oh. What is this one? Says what? Oh, congratulations. Oh, Trisha has. Oh, on two thousand. Oh, wait. What is this? Oh, oh, two thousand. Sorry, sorry. Just, you know, since we're all humble bragging over here, you know, let's let's humble brag with our trophies. Uh, (laughs) Listen, I played with Freddie for two full years in 15 and 16. And one thing I'll say about Freddie, he's always had a unique swing. And you hear the stories about him taking BP. I mean, he is left field, left field, left field. Never really tries to pull the ball in BP. And the one thing Freddie has the ability to do, which most big guys don't, is he will take the single 
to left field. He will take a ball and two strikes literally go and just flip it to left field. That's why they couldn't shift on him. And if you watch the game last night, his first hit was that hit. Ball away, two strikes. He just goes, boop, hits it down the left field line, double. Right? He For me, he's a Hall of Famer because he doesn't get hurt, really. He plays every day, so he's going to rack up the numbers. He's got an MVP. He's got a World Series. He's the face of the Braves for a long time. Now he's him and Mookie are kind of the face of the Dodgers. So I don't know why there's an argument about it. And as far as the 2,000 hits, man, congratulations, Freddie. I love you. You're one. Of, you're a great teammate. And you matured a lot since the days when I played with you, and it's nice to see you the way you are now. Because, you know, there were times with Freddie. He was still young, and, and, and but he, he could always hit. He was a good teammate, and he always showed up. So congratulations, Freddie. I gotta, I'm going to ask you guys something because you look at Freddie in the last 10 years at first base and another guy who was on the other side of that, Joey Votto, right? Joey has over 2,000 hits. Uh, and you look at what he was able to do and what he kind of represented in his time when he was in his prime. Another guy that already has an MVP award. And there's a lot of people out there, a lot of writers who vote on guys going into the Hall of Fame. I don't have a vote for another six years or so. So I'll probably be voting for Freddie uh, when that when he's on the ballot. But there's a lot of people out there that think Joey Votto is going to end up getting into the Hall of Fame because he represented a time where on base percentage mattered, right? And he was kind of that first wave of guys were just like, "Nah, I'm going to get on base at a 440 clip." Um, do you guys look at Joey and say this is a future Hall of Famer? I think so. Um, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a huge walk guy. Walk my way to the Hall of Fame, uh, but like you said, Joey Votto was the guy that kind of started that revolution. So I think he'll get in again. He's got MVP. Uh, he's been on some good teams. He's never won yet, um, but the writers love him. They love him, <laughs> and the new age writers really love Joey Votto. So he'll get in just on the fact that because of some of the old wave, as you know, the, the voting changes over the years. And if you look at the way the voting has even shifted. Because originally Scott Rowland was like, no chance, he's getting in. Right. But now with the new wave writers, they look at defense, they look at all a bunch of different things. That's why there's so many different – and Andrew Jones, who has always thought is no way he'll get in. He's probably going to get in. So I think Joey Votto goes in probably – you know, he'll, he'll probably retire before Freddie, so he'll go in before Freddie. But they're going to both definitely, in my opinion, be in. I think what what is tough for Joey, as I look at it, has always been he's not going to have – the quote unquote counting stats that other guys are going to have. He's not going to be close to 3000 like Freddie will be. Uh, he won't ha have close to 500 home runs or anything like that. But you look in his prime, one, one MVP, he got on base at a crazy clip. He was the best first baseman during his prime. Yeah, then you look at a guy who averaged maybe a 420, 430 on base percentage in those years with the Reds where they were going to the playoffs with Brandon Phillips and those guys. Uh, but at the same time, you look at the all-around player that that Joey was, I, I do think that matters for people. And you talk about the the younger writers, the next generation of writers and reporters that look at the all-around all game. And, and I think you'll see that a lot of them feel like Joey Votto de is deserving because of what he represented in his generation of first baseman. Yeah. Eric, you think that's the case? No, I, I, I do. And I think he, like AJ said, he's kind of ushered that in. I think there's such similarities. And yet, you know, everyone's going to go with, you know, the war up until, you know, a certain point with the base hits and all this stuff. I mean, Votto's got 345. I don't think he's 345 homers. I don't think he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer. I think he will be looked at in like the – you know, it'll take what can you be on the ballot for 10 years? And then 10 years. I think he'll be more like a three to five year range of being on the ballot and get voted mm -hmm. in because of what he does. If he hangs around the Reds long enough, you know, I think there's something to that like, hey, you played with the same team, you were part of this, part of the rebuild, and then you went back to the playoffs again with this team. So I think, I think there's some mystique. I, I don't know what that value is, but it gets you votes. Yeah, for sure. I, I I look at Joey in the same way you do, Chris. He was like, I, I think it'll take him a little bit longer. I think, Freddie, you will probably be a first battle Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. Uh, Votto will have to be a guy that generates momentum and then gets in. And that's fine. Like, if you end up in the Hall of Fame, you're in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't really think anybody looks at it like, oh, he was a first ballot. Oh, it took him 10 tries. 
I'm in Cooperstown. <laughs> That's all that really matters. <laughs> Why? Why though? Why does it matter? Why, Russ? Why? Why? If you're if you get in on your tenth time, why don't you get it on the first time? That's one thing about this process. The whole process is flawed for me as a player. And but that's a, we could have a whole show on why it's wrong and why people that vote on it don't half the time know what they're talking about. But why? If you if you can't get it on your first time, why do you get you used to get fifteen years? Why? Why do you have to build momentum? Your numbers don't change over that time. <laughs> yeah. Why? So this is a great conversation. This one we could talk about for an hour on uh, the voting process and you know, who votes for who and why. I, it takes you have to be a part of a, the Baseball Writers Association of America for 10 years before you get a Hall of Fame vote. And I think that's important because there's a, a, a an entire era of baseball players that I didn't get to watch. Right. So. I think for me, I should be able to vote for this generation of players, right? I'm going to be able to vote for guys like Freddie when he's eligible uh, and Pujols when he's eligible and all these different guys. That's the era of baseball, not only that I grew up watching, but I watched as a reporter, right, where I had a more keen eye to what you know really mattered. I shouldn't have been able to vote for like Bagwell mm -hmm. and Canerco and those guys in like late 90s, early 1000s that I didn't get to watch. So I think that's fair. When it comes to the calculus and who gets in, who doesn't get in. I think sometimes you got to think about, you only get a certain amount of votes on a ballot, right? And so if I don't vote for a guy this year, it's not because I don't think he's deserving, but if I know that this guy has nine more years on the ballot and this guy only has one more year on the ballot, and I really think this guy should get in, shouldn't I vote for that guy over the guy who has nine more years of eligibility? I mean, listen, I think that's how people look at it. If you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. And I'm with you. I get it. So then it comes down to – so then think about it like this. Then it comes down to more – and, again, I don't. I hate we're just so deep right now yeah. about this. But <laughs> it comes down to when you go on the ballot because yeah. you look at it and you say your first year on the ballot, there's weaker years to be on than other years. And some guys – I make the case for Johnny Damon. He had 2,800-plus hits and got like 40 votes. Didn't even get to stay on the ballot a second year because the first year he was on the ballot was so heavy – he didn't get the, the required vote, see? So, But then if he would have been on probably a year later, he probably could have maybe started to gain momentum. So, but we, we could do five hours on this. You could do a whole podcast on this. And if we keep talking about it, it's going to take up the rest of the time. Because honestly, though, there's not one way that's going to make everybody happy. But it, I agree with AJ. It is a little bit flawed. Um but what I is, what did Kratz's what what is that oh. top star award? What, yeah, what are we oh. looking at? Is that like your Little League Coach of the Year award? Oh, this <laughs> I didn't even know that it was on the screen. MVP of the AAA All Star Game. Just I figured we were we were pulling out oh. awards. Oh, what what, so. what is that? It's neat. AAA. It's a no, league. What, and they have an All Star Game. They have an All Star Game <laughs> where the best AAA guys oh. who weren't quite good enough to go to the big leagues. <laughs> We're oh half, my gosh. We're half All of right. the Braves, we're half of the Braves rotation was to start the year. Speaking of the Braves, let's move on to the Braves before we get too deep into this uh, Hall of Fame conversation. The Braves are on a tear right now. They're on a two-game winning streak, but before that they were on quite the winning streak. And Russ, we were just talking about it before you got on and I can't remember if it was AJ or Eric who posed the question. They were like, "Are the Braves right up there?" with the Rays, you know, in terms of their dominance right now. And I said, absolutely. Um, but what are you seeing from them, Russ? I 100% think they should be in the conversation with the Tampa Bay Rays for being the best team in baseball. And, and I understand the Rays, like, you're not going to find a, a bigger supporter of what the Rays have been doing than me. Like, to be good at, you know, swinging the bat and pitching, and you have a <laughs> lockup guy in Pete Fairbanks in the back end, that's a good problem to have when you're just good at everything. Um but the Braves are 32 and 18 in their last 50 games. That's insane. And you think about last year when they went on a crazy run in the second half of the season, they were 78 and 34 uh, after June 1st last season. That's 700 baseball guys. They've continued to play that level of baseball, which is really hard to do. And in that division that we all thought was going to be good, it hasn't necessarily been as, as, as good as we thought, even though the, the Phillies are starting to, really turn it on here as of late. But I look at the Braves and I say, last year they ran into a, a Philly team that just got really hot, right? Got knocked out of the playoffs. I think you look at it this year, they don't even have Max Free 
back yet. They don't have Kyle Wright back yet. And they're still able to swing the bat at an elite level and kind of tread water with their rotation. And when you do get those guys back, that's going to be like a, a trade deadline acquisition where now you can go into July, August, and September and feel really good about yourself going to the playoffs this year. And I don't think they're going to get caught off guard by somebody when they get to the postseason. I think you're looking at a Braves team that can go on a really long run. Maybe not even just this year. A long run, right. a long run going, going on. I said it before you got on here. I felt like, and I want to see what you think. I felt like as I watched that series this weekend, which I didn't miss a single game of those three games, like, like a lot of people, I felt like the Braves like turned it up a notch. As hot as yeah. they were playing, they were like, whoa, this Reds team is really good. We're going to have to turn it up. And they did. And it was like, whoa. Like, it just looked like they were having better at-bats and better, you know, they were hit. It was, it was impressive to me. No, I, I, that was a fantastic series. And I hope people didn't miss it uh, in Cincinnati because that was fun baseball. That was playoff baseball. Like, what you saw from the Cincinnati Reds on Friday night, obviously, Elena Cruz hitting for the cycle. You had Joey Votto hitting two bombs in that game. That's a team that really wants to win and is starting to believe in themselves that they can do damage. But then if you're the Braves, you're like, all right, these kids can play a little bit. We're going to show them, hey, if you want to be at this level, you want to play with the big boys, this is what you have to do. And I, and I think for the Braves, they just have an ability, like you said, to turn it on. But at the same time, the depth that that lineup has where, you know, you could have Sean Murphy carry the team for two weeks or like he did earlier in the season. You can have a superstar in Acuna that is probably going to go 30-50 this year. Insanity. Matt Olson tied for the big league league in Homer. You got Marcelo Zuna, who's kind of bounced back at the plate. Then you got Travis Darno hitting a couple homers in a game like there's nothing that they don't do well offensively. And you look at what they've been able to do in terms of their shortstop position, because nobody coming into the season, is it going to be Orlando Arcia? Is it going to be Vaughn Grissom after Dansby Swanson signed with the Chicago Cubs? And Orlando Arcia has come in, and he's a borderline all-star this year. Like You look at the numbers that he's putting up offensively, outs above average, defensive run save, whatever metric you want to look at defensively, he has been one of the best shortstops in the National League. So you look at the trade deadline coming in a couple of weeks, there's not really a ton of things that the Braves need. Everybody's going to add bullpen help, and if you're a playoff team like the Braves, that's probably what they're going to add. It's what they've added the last couple of years at the deadline. But it's not a team with a lot of flaws right now. And you, if you're Alex Anthopoulos, you're feeling really good about what you've done to put your team in a position to win. Russ, the other team, you are all talking about Braves, 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 but the Reds, they play the Orioles starting today. And yeah. Our own Todd Frazier is on the call, which I can't wait to listen to because there's a good chance he might not make it through a couple innings without dropping an F-bomb or two, which I'm looking forward to because he's he's going to go hometown, go Reds, I'm a Reds lifer, hero. Oh, wait, he played for 12 other teams, but that's okay. So these are two young, super-duper young teams on the rise. Yeah. Who, who would you take stock in for the long haul, Orioles or Reds? Over the long haul, my gut tells me – the Reds. Now, I love what the Baltimore Orioles have done. I've loved the core that they've put together. You look at Adley behind the plate and what he's going to represent at the catching position for the next decade. I love Anthony Santander. He's one of uh, the most underrated players in the game, as, as well as Cedric Mullins. They've done a good job bringing guys in. Like Aaron Hicks has been a different player since he's come over to Baltimore from the Yankees. They need a little bit of starting pitching. Uh, but I, I really like what they have at the big league level right now. I'm interested to see what they do with the deadline. When I look at the Reds, it's going to be just be wave after wave after wave of young players. And the thing to me that the Reds have been able to do well, they've been able to hit on their first round draft picks, right? You look at Jonathan India, Nick Zenzel, Matt McClain, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo. All those guys are first round picks that are helping their big league club right now, right? Like there are a lot of teams around the big leagues that don't draft well in that first couple of rounds. And that affects the product that you see. And then you have to go out in free agency and you got to spend. And for a team like the Reds that don't necessarily have the capital that other teams do, you have to be able to scout, draft, and develop. So I love what the Reds have been able to put together. I think this is a really fun series because you're seeing two young teams that are trying to learn how to win on the fly. And I did a story last week uh, on the Texas Rangers and how they haven't been in the postseason since 2017. And I asked Bruce Bochy last week, He's won three World Series titles, you know, in San Francisco with the Giants. And you bring in Corey Seager and you bring in like a guy like a Will Smith who won in Atlanta with the Braves. Do you worry about 
do you worry about guys not knowing how to win yet? Or because you bring in some players, are you not worried? And he said, look, yeah, you bring in a Seager, you bring in a Will Smith. Those guys are going to be your vets in the room, even Marcus Simeon being in the league for so long. But you do have to get over that hump, right? You do have a team in front of you in Houston that's been the class of the American League for the better part of the last decade. And until you do it, you don't know you can do it yet. So you're going to see some of these young teams. Arizona's going to have to do the same thing and learn how to win. Russ, we love you. Thank you so much for your time. You can watch Russell Dorsey on the rally during the week on your Valley Sports Regional Sports Network. Russ, we appreciate the insight. Thanks, guys. Okay, now it's time to pop off, presented by Cookie and Candy Pop. This is wild. This video is absolutely wild because uh, it is a brawl in the minor leagues. It did happen back in April, but but we want to talk about it because it's insane, Eric. Yeah, I mean, this is – it really is self-explanatory as the first punch is thrown. And that coach right there, Tampa Tarpons are the blue team and the Phillies, Clearwater Threshers, are the red team. And it is very – it is a very minor league brawl. I, AJ didn't spend a ton <laughs> of time in the minor leagues, but this is what – this is what I saw when brawls would happen. The lower the level – the more, I don't know if it's the guys are just younger and immature, if they just don't realize that somebody could actually get hurt in these games, but like guys at younger levels of the minor leagues, whether it's young Dominican players, whether it's young high school, just out of college guys, whatever it is, like you guys got to be able to figure it out. And like somebody can really get hurt. You can derail your career. All you've put into it, and you can just derail it. But I had I, I see AJ AJ Looks like for AJ all the podcast people. AJ's AJ's giving me the the crying emoji. <laughs> they could get hurt. Fight but the one thing. Let's fight AJ. the one thing that I love about it is it they actually fought because I can't stand when guys are just you know they just toe up they just bow up to each other and they're face to face like do something like they wait till somebody gets in between them and then they're pushing. No, it's mm-hmm. it was Thresher's guy standing there, coach standing there, and he was like, nope, we're just going to do this right now. He went bop, and I couldn't tell if the coach who was standing there went to go punch the guy that punched him or if he actually was willing to just punch the other dude first, and then he was ready because he was – they were ready. And you got to go into those situations thinking, I'm going to punch somebody because if you don't, then you get punched like that, and you're like, well, I didn't think it was going to escalate like this. AJ, why are you shaking your head? Why'd you, why'd you okay, say Okay, so fight? we just did a poll on Sluggers, Slugfest, Pitcher's Duel, something else. You know what game I want to watch? The one where two teams punch each other. That's the game I want to see. So let's put that on the poll. <laughs> because then the next game and the next game and the next game, there's always the threat that somebody's going to punch someone else. So mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about that game. I want to – I mean – Teams play all the time. These teams are separated by not very far. Nope. And they're in the minor leagues. And it was coaches fighting. Where's yep. our where's my future boss, Rachel, uh at in this thing? Was she okay? Because I don't want her getting hurt because she's gonna hire me as manager when she's GM. So let's what, check wait, on her. I didn't see Rachel Bob. You don't want her, her getting hurt, but you're cool with players getting hurt. Yeah, what because she's my future boss. She told me it affects the rest of their career, AJ. <laughs> yeah, well, if she gets hurt, it affects my career. See how this works? It's Selfish about- nonsense. Oh. No, no, you are eliminated from this discussion. That's nonsense. That's Let's run a new poll. Let's run a new poll. Do you want to see the fight or do you want to see a game with no fights? I guarantee the fights win, wins the poll. You can fight, but don't actually harm each other that much. That was a serious <laughs> fight right there. Seriously. Uh, I know. That was AJ, what's great. That mentality is way too old school for me. I'm cool with a little old school, but that mentality is way too old school for me. You can't actually get hurt like that. That's terrible. AJ, okay. AJ completely agrees. And <laughs> the fights that he he understands that people can get hurt. The fights he got in, how many punches did you see AJ throw? <laughs> I, t- I ate one. I guess you want to call it a punch. You ate one, but you know. John Mabry in that fight ended up in the hospital. John Mabry ended up in the hospital in that fight. Yeah. AJ was the guy, Eric, AJ was the guy that you were talking about that just like pretends to throw punches and like doesn't actually do it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, I'm not saying me. he's that guy. There was that a guy, guy. In the Rays 
there's a guy on the Rays that was very famous for being around the outside of the circle after the <laughs> fights were done. We had, he used to have a ponytail, and he used to. Sean oh, Rodriguez. Oh, Sean Rodriguez. Oh my goodness! He right. a Visit cookiepopcandypop.com and enter the code FOULBALL for 20% off. Okay, you know what is an accomplishment, though, is uh, going to the College World Series. So let's talk about the College World Series champion series. It is down to a deciding game three. Tigers won game one. The Gators, AJ, won game two. I'd assume that's why you're, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Game (laughs) one, final score four to three yesterday, or game two, yeah, no, that was yesterday. Wow, that looks like the uh, that looks like the Rockies Angels score right there. Well, you guys were watching that game, right? Because oh, there we go. Oh, I watched it. I watched every second, all the way to the end. I'm not gonna lie, I did not watch that game yesterday because we had a Rays game. But that's that's a final score for you. Twenty-four to four. That's right, and it was twenty-four to three for LSU. LSU staged a late comeback. I hit a homer in the ninth to make it twenty-four to four, but. It was, you know, but Trisha, you probably don't watch much college baseball. Eric, I don't know how much college baseball you watch. I'm not we lie, about, I don't. I don't. I don't at all. Actually, we, you got we, enough baseball to watch. Yeah, no. <laughs> so do I, that's but I still I'm, watch. That's college. why I'm a little quiet here because I do not watch college baseball. Okay, so baseball. The, the SEC dominated college baseball the whole year, other than Wake Forest. They dominated the, the, the rankings, the everything the whole year. So it's fitting the best two teams in the SEC are playing for the national championship winner take all game. If you have not seen the guy pitching tonight for Florida pitch or play, Jack Caglione, he is here. I have Jeff Fletcher's book here. Look, it's Jack time. Okay? Okay. Why? Because he throws 100, he's left-handed, and he also leads the nation in homers. He hit two homers yesterday. He hit one that was 59-degree launch angle. That's like this, Tricia, for you guys that went to Indiana. Gosh. It's like this, right? Almost straight up, okay? So he hit two, and he's pitching tonight. Now, if he can throw it over the plate, it's going to be real interesting. The question is, will Paul Skeens, who's likely the number one-ish, him or Dylan Cruz are two teammates that are going to be one or two, and then Wyatt Langford on Florida will probably be the third pick. So the top three draft picks are going to play in this game if Skeens pitches. And if you haven't seen Skeens pitch, he's 100-plus and nasty slider, and he's a monster. So it's going to be an interesting game. And if the wind's blowing out, it could be a slugfest. And if you guys like slugfests, just tune into Omaha because it's it's fun. You need wow. a slugfest. When you hear the ping, you need a slugfest. <laughs> I'm not – I mean, as much as I want to see Skeens pitch, I hope he only goes like 60 pitches because when he's out there, it's like snooze fest because it's just like BBs, just pew, pew, slider, see ya. And, like, the dudes really don't have a chance, and they always – my only my only gripe with the College World Series, uncle with the catch or the umpire cam, like mm. I need it, I love it, but I gotta see like the fifty nine degree launch angle home run. Like I want to see that live from the front. I don't want to see that look like a pop up from the umpire cam and then oh it goes out of the park. How do you hit a ball fifty nine degrees at a hundred and nine miles per hour? Like your Jack time. That's like, Jack Tony. Yeah. Jack I, I, guess it's, I guess it's Jack time. It's it's Adam Kennedy type of launch angle direction. <laughs> like same, same thing. And that dude hit three homers. So that hurts. That hurts. That yeah. Hurts. Well, it was brought up earlier, so we're just revisiting it. That, that was brought that was a great way to bring it all around. That hurts. It's that hurts. Sorry. sorry. Oh, who, who's gonna win tonight, AJ? Then give it to me. LSU. LSU? Yeah, I learned from Kratz. I learned from Kratz. <laughs> you didn't I put learned... your money down on it. Oh, well. Maybe. This just in. AJ Brzezinski picked LSU to win and put no money on it. Because. Thought, yeah, but then I'll look is... good on the show tomorrow, but I'll be, I'll look, hopefully, what is it? If LSU You'll loses, look smart. Be, I'll, yeah, if LSU wins, I look smart. If they lose, I'm happy. So that way I hedge my bet, right? I like it. I like it. I can see you. I think you look good in purple and yellow. There it is. There it is. You know it's coming. <laughs> I mean, I got lots of gators, so we don't bring all that out. You, you, he bought. He bought gator. Did you really buy those shoes when you were in North Carolina? Yeah. The, he bought gator Jordans. Gator color. It was like. Oh my gosh. And I need to blue see these. And... Are they handy? I brought. You know, I I had them just for Russ Dorsey because he went to Oral Roberts. In Florida, had just beaten Oral Roberts in the World Series. 
so I saw these shoes. I'm like, oh, we got Russell, and I'll I'll purchase these for, you know, a little bit. And so I got for to, money. You know, there was money. There was bet MGM betting money that I'm down. So I really? pulled them off. <laughs> Favorite <laughs> shoes in your closet? Fair to say? No, no. Oh gosh, no. 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 Those? No, 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 no. Oh, no. No. Right. no. I have some Tim so... Tebow's from back in the day that were the EA EA Sport Tim Tebow Nike ones. Those are sweet. <laughs> All right, let's, <laughs> let's take a look at our Bet MGM live, excuse me, line movement. There it is right there. You guys, uh, yeah, the Braves, they're doing uh, pretty well. Obviously, the Rays as well. What do you guys think of that? I think it's interesting that somebody would still bet that the Reds would win the World Series. It's just at $6,600. I don't think the Reds quite have it. There's really only... In my opinion, there's only, well, the one team that's not on there still has a shot, the Astros. The Astros still have to be up there. So I want to see what that line moved to. But to me, the Braves at plus 400, I feel like that might even be a, that might even be an easy hedge your bet type of thing. Plus 400, I'll take that. Rays, not taking, I might not even take the Rays at 2200. Sorry, Trisha. Oh, come on. What do you have <laughs> against them? Are you still, do you remember the first time I was on this show and you were like, the question you asked me was like, are they for real? Are they really for real? They and you said, anybody. And blah, you. blah, 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 blah. She said and they had played your anybody. Bombs and you were like, go Rays, go. No, go, I was using Rays, factual go. statements is what I was doing. And guess what? They're still the best team in baseball and we're almost to July. So I would like some sort of an apology or some sort of an admittance Wait, that I was right. Krauty, didn't she say that they hadn't played anybody yet so their record was fake i thought that's what she said or was that scott that that was definitely i would love to pile on here but that was definitely scott that was, that that was, it was scott scott did say that but eric asked the question yeah and, uh, can we get that graphic snowball. back up because forget the teams at the top let's look at the team at the bottom of that graph that tweet the graphic the dodgers the, yankees padres mets the mets look if they've fallen 1100 to plus 4000 and we're going to get into it, but that Mets debacle yesterday, that's why that number is at 4,000 from 1,100. <laughs> so it went I mean, 4,000 after last night. Yeah, they, they lose a game. They're winning with three walks and two hit by pitch and one hit in one inning, and they blow a three-run lead. Like, we that will, is the most Met thing of all time. <laughs> we will get into it. We will definitely get into it. I'd take, I'd take the Padres at 2,000. Give me, give me 10 bucks on that, and I'll win $200. That's fair money. Dodgers the Yankees at six hundred either. The Yankees, the Yankees are are intriguing at two thousand only because when you talk about winning the world, this is winning the World Series, not making it. Winning the World Series, you have an opportunity to have a one-two punch of Rodon and Cole coming out of your rotation with one of the best bullpens statistically right now on the year and the bullpen is really their judge right now they're carrying this team so the yankees might have a tough time getting into the playoffs you know without with all the injuries judge being out possibly till august but with that one two punch and their bullpen they could be sneaky scary and at 2000 plus 2000 i don't hate it it's the beginning of my year pick so i might as well Put a little extra down. I'll take a hundred dollars, make two thousand appreciation station. Orioles have come down, also, right? Orioles have come down, so it's as they should. They should. The Reds have moved big time. I think why not? If you got extra ten bucks laying around here in Cincinnati, go to MGM and throw ten bucks on them winning a World Series. You might win some money. Yeah, just don't don't buy Skyline Chili with it before you Ugh. before you get the you know Ooh. save that ten dollars, put Ooh. it on the Reds. I just don't think the Reds have enough. I mean, their starting pitching is awesome. If you if you catch a time when Hunter Green and Lodolo can come out and strike out ten apiece in five innings, yeah, they they the future is bright. World Series victory, I'm kind of low on them right now. Yeah, that would be a stretch, but I do think they're good. Uh, okay, so we mentioned early in the show that uh, Eric was once an athlete that I covered for his cup of coffee. Uh, with the Rays, and athletes I did a whole... loose. Athletes a loose statement. <laughs> you said athlete. Whatever. I did. Well, you were at the time. I was a team member. 
team member, a team member. Well, you know, I made that really clear in my pregame hit on you. Uh, and I believe we are going to roll that pregame hit because I essentially said the Rays have signed someone out of desperation. <laughs> With injury after injury to their catchers, the Rays had to make a move yesterday. As we know, Mike Zunino and Michael Perez are already on the IL and Anthony Bemboom has now been placed on the IL with a left knee sprain that he suffered in the final game of that Miami series. He'll be out from anywhere from three to six weeks. So as a result, the Rays acquired catcher Eric Kratz from the Giants. He'll be active for tonight's game. He becomes the sixth catcher that the Rays will use in this young season. This is his ninth MLB franchise. He's got a lot of experience in the league. And when I spoke with him earlier in the clubhouse, he said the key to this type of transition is to just do your job and let the pitchers do theirs <laughs> so. the best part is she didn't know how to say your name she's like eric <laughs> I, know, I just almost airmailed your name totally <laughs> I, I a lot of latinos have a tough time saying my last name like crack is is a very so so maybe that was part of it your latino heritage was coming out yeah your latino your, heritage your, your latina heritage Indiana. But my favorite, my favorite quote, and I'm going to be a reporter here. He said, "Had to make a move." Like I've been playing, and you screwed it up. It wasn't my ninth organization, okay? It was my last big league organization, okay? Oh well, at the time, you think we actually knew that? No, no, it, it did, was. <laughs> I do remember interviewing you in the clubhouse. You seemed not like frazzled, but like you had just gotten there or something, and you were like I, getting the crash course. And I yeah, was like, I, Eric, I need you. <laughs> I came into, I mean, that day was crazy. I got traded. I got traded there to, into New York. We came into New York and I was meeting everybody that was in the clubhouse. And I was honestly, I remember you came up to me right after I told the last guy I met, I was like, I'll be honest. I'm not going to remember your names. Like there was like three guys that came up and I like, there's no way you remember anybody's names at that point. You're just trying to learn pictures and everything. What was even crazier than that was the fact that my cousin, who I grew up here in Pennsylvania, she lived in Washington, D.C., and then she moved to New York, was randomly crossing the street as a guy took my cab when I got to New York. What? And freaking, and she, had I gotten in the cab, I would have missed her. We randomly crossed each other's paths in the middle of the street in New York City. So anyway, that's that is my, wild. My oh Ray's call-up story, and then I got like three hits as a Ray. So your Ray's call-up story. It was great. <laughs> it was great. All right, let's get to the Mets, guys, because uh, this is I've never experienced in the weeds before with you guys, but I hear that it is exciting, and I hear that AJ can talk your ear off about certain topics. So I'm excited for that. The Mets they lost on Friday. Five to one. The Mets have now lost 14 of 18. AJ's already shaking his head. Um, and they are 34 and 41. That is a massive letdown for it's the awful. Mets fan base. It's awful. Awful. And the way they lost yesterday was, and I think their announcers summed it up the best when they were like, the Mets lost this game in the most Met way possible. And this is the most <laughs> devastating loss of the Mets franchise history we think about it they had a big lead they had a three-run lead going to the eighth one hit they lose the game they walk three guys they hit two guys and then they can't do anything off Kimbrel in the ninth and they lose and it, the way the Mets announcers summed it up this is the worst loss of them all you're right because as a team you're like all right we got a three-run lead Alf, Alonzo Homer Lindor Homer this is how we're supposed to play it up we get deep into the bullpen and pfft, yep here we go Sarah Langs would say, weep, <laughs> right? Because this is awful. This team was supposed to be right there with the Braves. They spent – poor Stevie Cohen's going, man, maybe I should not spend as much money. We'd be better because they keep spending money. Now what do they do? Now they're seven games under. We're almost into July. Do they go out and try to make trades to try to bring more high-dollar players in to help them win, or do they get rid of some guys and say they already got rid of Escobar to the Angels? What do they do? I, I don't know what they do, but – this loss, we keep saying it on here, the Mets are going to Met, and they keep finding a way to out-Met the Mets. I have to, and if you know somebody, if you're in the chat, if you know a Met fan, this is when you have to send out your messages to my buddy TJ Mancuso. He's a Mets fan. This is the apex of your Metdom, and your hope 
there's the there's a hit by pitch to Trey Turner, and like you can't like you can't even make this up. You can't. And the Met fan walks out from behind this. Like he is every Met fan right there. He's like, I'm done with it. He's finished the video. Like maybe this is the game. And as a Met fan, you have to be positive. <laughs> maybe this is the game where they turn it around. But because they have so much talent, but it just it just seems like they find a way to not get it done. You have to have some kind of how-to or will to win the game. And it's just not happening. I mean, one hit and you lose a three-run – a four-run lead? Sorry. Three. It was three-run lead. Three-run lead. And the first hit – it wasn't like it was a big blow. It was a single by JT Real Muto. And one hit, and you lose a three-run lead. It's the Mets. That is the Mets, Scratchy. And it, it, there's no other way to put it. The Mets are going to met, and they just keep metting. And I just love the end of the game after they lost. And Gary Cohen was like, just it's in a season of awful losses, this is the most awful one yet. Or however he worded it so eloquently, it was just a great call at the end of that game. Now, oh. last year, last year, sorry, Tricia, last year, the the Mets, I think, came back down seven against the Phillies. So it's ironic that it's the Phillies, too. Like, I would, I would hope no Phillies are going out like, yeah, we own these guys. No chance. Like, they need to keep a sleeping giant sleeping. Because last year, the Phillies lost a seven-run lead to the Mets. And it was like, this team was supposed to be awesome. And then soon after that, they fired... Joe Girardi, and then all of a sudden it was it was go time. I'm not calling for Buck's head here by saying that. I'm just saying that it's ironic that they have to turn it around. The Mets have to turn it around, or there's no way Steve Cohen's going to be like, oh, wait, I've already spent $350 million. Yeah, sure, I'll just go pick up this contract and that contract. There's just not that much to be had out there to help a team that already has so much. Did you see the video of the fan who walked away? in the middle of the game because he was so annoyed with what was going on with the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. That's that it. was, that I think up. that should, that sums up their that entire season. I mean, literally somebody just make that into like one He's, big gif and that's the Mets season. Yeah. He gets up and he just goes, yeah. Yeah. I love gifts too. So that would be perfect. Eric, a big, big fan of gifts. Not emojis, gifts. Not emojis, gifts. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we Who knew? Thanks for putting up with me. A little bit of a fair territory plug here. Oh, wait, nope. Slap hands. That is what we're doing. Slap hands. Apologies. Slap hands. My bad. How could I forget this part of the show? (laughs) (laughs) How could you know, not forget? Oh, that's true. Uh, Well, it's on my rundown right here, but I, I, uh, I, yes, exactly. You got it. Um, All right. Kratz hats. That's what we're going to next. Kratz hats. You would think that Eric is like my producer or my mentor in broadcasting or something. (laughs) All right, Eric, give us your shout out for a minor league player who did well yesterday for Kratz hats. I'm just going to give you a shout out for my hat. I wear so I wear a different hat every single day. Since you're clearly not a foul territory fan, you should only be a guest (laughs) and a guest host, like. Have this you subscribed last segment's yet, getting me roasted here. It's getting me roasted. <laughs> Have you subscribed yet? Because you need to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button, okay, on YouTube for us. But this is – I wore this last week, but we didn't get to it because the power went out. But AJ was down <laughs> in Cary where I did the MLB Combine for Team USA. And so I wore it for you last week, AJ, but then the power went out. So we were doing it on a uh, – on a Zoom call from my porch. So, anyway, that's my different hat for the day. Wow. You learn something new every day. Every day. Thank you for being my broadcasting mentor today, Eric, on this last segment. Since This is this is a struggle for me. Okay. <laughs> Make sure you catch Fair Territory. I'm going to get this part right. Yep. Make sure you catch Fair Territory with Ken Rosenthal on your favorite podcast platform or YouTube. That is available Right now, you don't want to miss it. Episodes drop every Monday, so get it where you get your podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, thank you so much for putting up with me. Apologies that you guys had to put up with me, but I appreciate you guys being kind and um, being fun. This was a good time.
Apology accepted, Tricia. Uh, we'd be remiss without wishing Derek Jeter a happy birthday and Jason Kendall. <laughs> and also Mike Myers, the old lefty sidearm guy who now works for the Players Association. And tomorrow we're going to have Jonathan India and Andre Semenez. And Jonathan India, listen, Tigers are going to win tonight, right? Florida, lefty, hunch, <laughs> schemes, 60 pitches. Also a hunch, too. Trisha, great job. I don't care what AJ says, you did a great job. Oh, I'm sure I'll get some comments from him after this. I'm already getting pictures and comments and all sorts of stuff. What is this? You sent me a picture of the guy who ran a marathon after eating Big Macs? A nine-piece nugget and won 25 grand. Did it. Oh, I would that do it for disgusting. way less. disgusting. That is so <laughs> gross. Ugh, I'm literally going to go vomit thinking about that. He probably did, too. Ew. Time to swing for the fences on BetMGM, a new MLB free-to-play game for sweet prizes. Here's how to make it happen. Log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Play the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game until September 7th, 2023. Be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone. Depending on the area of the zone you pick, you will get a single, double, triple home run or pop out and receive the prize associated with that type of hit. You can play once per day. Prizing must be used on MLB and expires in 24 hours. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 